You have one new voicemail message. Message received 22nd of January at 9:01 a.m. Yeah, kia ora, Pat. I'm not necessarily sure that New Zealanders are proud of their actions related to this topic, and uh, I don't necessarily think that they should be. I mean, it was a reasonably successful program that enabled people who buy guns to sell their guns back, almost cost price back to the government, and then use that money to buy other guns, probably. So, yeah, I think probably the national pride stems from the fact that we didn't have a tantrum-grade reaction like individuals in the United States would. Uh, and, I re- and I believe the reason we don't do that is because we don't have a national identity that coalesces itself around guns in the same way that the United States does. Um, does it put us on the good side of history? Well, it's gun regulation. Um, yeah. Thanks, team. Fucking floored this somebody. First article comes from NewsUp. Published... March 2019. Headline states, a quote from Jacinda Ardern saying, Cabinet absolutely unified over gun legislation. Tagline, she expects the vast majority will agree that change needs to occur and expects support from the gun community. Note, this is three days after the terrorist attack. First comment comes from Craig. There is no need for civilians to possess semi-auto guns. No reason at all. What are these people protecting themselves against? A dare dressed in Kevlar holding a bazooka? So, aside from the vision of a dare dressed in Kevlar holding a bazooka, which right. is fire incredible. Yep. Uh, we're about to look at guns? The sad thing is, like, we are. We really have to, right? Like, mm. I don't think I'd ever thought I'd see the day. Like, one of the reasons we are so highly regarded on the global scale is due to our swift action on guns, but... I mean... In the years we've done unpack, in the years to come, I was hoping that this is something that we would never have to do. Yeah. That we would never have to talk about guns, especially in New Zealand. Exactly. But I mean, like, geez, here we are. Anyway, so yeah, welcome to We're Unpacking Guns today. <laughs> <laughs> a semi-automatic is a firearm that is self-loading. So what that means is that when you fire off a round, another round slots itself in its place for subsequent or repetitive firing. So you have revolvers that you have to, like, manually load. Hence the difference between semi-automatic and manual, if you will. An automatic fires continuously until the trigger is released. Much of what people use on on video games, it's such. Um, which is arguably what you would need against a deer dressed in Kevlar holding a bazooka, because that sounds dangerous in itself. It does. Next comment comes from Clinton. This is blatant misuse of a national tragedy to advance her political career. You should never make long-term decisions on short-term emotional issues, but she is playing the Pied Piper here. Can't let this opportunity go to waste. Can she let the dust settle before you just go change everything out of fear, just to keep the sheep happy and yourself in for another four years? So I think, first thing, this short-term emotional issue led to the death of a number of people from the Muslim community, Mm -hmm. so I don't think you can characterise it as that, Mm -hmm. but... What Clinton is also referring to is the idea of an Overton window, right? Right. And that describes the range of policies politically acceptable to the mainstream population. So just off the back of this horrible event, 
the mainstream were willing to accept, cool, we need to do something about our gun laws versus if two years after this fact, they'd be like, oh, why are you doing it? Where's the need right. for it? So just after the massacre, there was a, the Overton window was wider. Just for right. example, like when COVID started entering the country, they could enact laws, which would mean that, okay, everybody should stay at home right. versus at a random time in 2012, if Justin Ardern said that or whoever was in power said that, there would be riots in the streets. Window would it would be like it, it would not happen. This isn't the first time that a leader has used their Overton window to enact laws. Right. And I mean, this is also isn't the first time the government had tried to tighten gun laws or yeah. successfully restrict in some aspects. I mean, we could talk about the first legislation in, what, 1908, followed by 1920 or 1958. Mm. Um, but let's actually talk about the Arms Act in 1983, which is the obviously the most sooner one. Yeah. It changed focus on the person with the gun, introducing oh. the term fit and proper person. So licensing and background checks, things like that. In 1992 was the largest change to gun restrictions due to the Adamoana shooting, where David Gray literally bought an automatic weapon in the mail. No one was checking that. So it just arrived to, in the to his door like... In a box. Like you get Uber Eats. Gun. And that was a gruesome massacre. The amendment to the firearms legislation tied in gun control and the creation of military-style semi-autos. And to think that that's 1992? Yeah. So much has changed about the world since then. Worldwide access to so many things and resources where you can make things yourself. Yeah. You know what else gets me about this comment? What? Clinton, at the end of it, says to keep yourself in for another four years. New Zealand terms are three years, my <laughs> And this does also really align with the American rhetoric you read after there's a mass shooting there. Everyone's exactly. like, you can't talk about it. We need to let the dust settle. Yeah. You can't talk about taking our guns away from us. How are you going to leverage off the violence and the loss of many lives? So it does make sense that they did align then with the American term <laughs> presidency. Exactly, exactly. Next comment comes from Lauren. You'd have the support from gun owners for a reasonable and intelligently amended gun ownership bill, which does not punish the responsible gun owner, but instead works to ensure all gun owners are safe, responsible, and mentally sound. All you currently have said is you're banning semi-automatic firearms, which is a very broad range. Speak with specificity and receive slash enact their suggestions, and you'd have the support of the gun owners. Bro, why does it sound like you just read a terms and conditions? It, it kind of does feel like it's a legal response. Like, that sounds like it's written up by an attorney. Like but <laughs> to be fair, part of Lauren's points I agree with. Okay. You know, Lauren just wants more clarity and specifics about the crackdown on guns, which ultimately is fair. You want transparency from the government, and totally. you want them to take on board what the community feels about certain issues absolutely but we do already make sure that gun owners are safe and responsible and mentally sound i mean actually hold on how do you make sure someone is yeah mentally sound i mean i remember in the last episode we talked about making sure that people are mentally sound to get married yeah i owning a gun yeah yeah however this article is only three days post national tragedy so i think it is fair that we should give the government some time to grieve, assess how to move, and understand that while Jacinda may be making a blanket claim now, mm -hmm. there will be more details to come out. Yeah. Next comment comes from Michelle. Wow, the rhetoric here is very disturbing. I'm on a dairy farm living in a very rural community. 
There is no place for automatic, military-style weapons, no justification. Australia banned them in 1996 and haven't had a mass shooting since. There are plenty of other guns that can be used here. NZ gun laws are quite lax, believe it or not. The purge of pee should also be a reason to tighten the belts. Just saying. Oh, there's so many There's so many things about this comment. I mean, with all these comments, there are going to be so many things. But mm. Michelle is responding to a lot of comments that are stating they live in a rural community and use guns for hunting and such. Which is a pet peeve for me. Because the comments are always filled with people advocating for a place they've never been. So it's cool to hear Michelle be like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm actually out and here. this is my take. This is how I feel. And to Michelle's credit... Australia did ban all guns in 1996 after a massacre. The Port Arthur massacre, to be exact. They did their own gun buyback scheme and collected about 640,000 firearms. Now, it cost $500 million and took a year or a bit to do, but yes, they have not had a mass shooting since. And I think it's important in this time to read and reiterate that. Mm-hmm. They have not had a mass shooting since. Now, a lot of the comments will say, oh, they've had a shooting since, and yes, they have, but... Mass shootings and shootings, while both being two evils, are very, very different. Very different. Very different. Next article comes from Stuff, published in July 2019. Headline states, Buy-in to gun buyback faces first big test. Tagline, Some disgruntled gun owners hope the first buyback event on Saturday is a failure of the highest order. (laughs) First comment comes from Ken. How many people died on the roads last year? Hand in your cars. Oh, my God. Yo, stop. Oh, my God. Stop, stop, stop. But silly little comparison. Look, this is what we call a false equivalence, Mm. where somebody in the comments just in general compares two things and implies they're equivalent when they absolutely are not. So to answer Ken's question, how many people died on the roads in the last year? Well, in 2019, that answer was 378. Now, another stat for you, Ken. 19,000 people die every year in accidents while bathing. Does that mean that we should destroy all baths and showers? No, because humans have a need to stay clean, just like humans have a need to drive cars and Mm -hmm. provide transport. So when you're thinking about banning something, you need to think, okay, cool, what is their actual purpose in day-to-day? Do we need it? Yes, okay, then maybe we're not going to ban it. You can then implement some driving safety things, Mm -hmm. some bathing safety things as well, but... Ken, relax. Relax. And as you said before, we rely so much on cars. Like, there'd be less jobs. Yeah. Unemployment would go up. That means price of the supermarket would go up, like delivering stock. All goods and services would be more expensive. And I mean, like, I understand that, you know, Ken might be like, I want to pedestrianize my city. Which, okay. Hey, look. All right, Ken. But there's no drive throughs either, my G. There's no Macca's drive through. 100%. There's no KFC drive through There's none of that because we all hand it in our cars. And do you know what that actually doesn't equal up here? Because we rely on these things for everyday life. And I understand that, like, you know, Ken is kind of coming from this idea of, like, okay, well, I just want people to stay alive. And this is where we have to come to the fact of, like, okay, but some things are the backbone of the economy. We all rely on something from getting to point A to point B in our lives. Transport's one of them. Now, when was the last time you lied on a gun? Or the community around you did? I mean, hunting doesn't even begin to compare. Next comment comes from Sid. This is not a buyback. It's a socialist confiscation. So, bro, people just be talking in the comments. <laughs> people just be like, they just be words. They just be chucking words together, <laughs> being like, yeah, okay, this is a thing. Like, a socialist confiscation isn't an actual term. I mean, you can 
understand what they're saying by looking at the individual words. But I yeah. just put that out there. Like, look at this. Capitalist illumination. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. I say that with confidence, mm-hmm. you're going to believe me. Yeah, yeah, no. It's not yeah. a term. <laughs> yeah, but I can, like, you know, you can kind of see what, like, you mean when you throw it in the sentence. But, like, I don't like it when anybody in a conversation, or especially in comments, just throws it out there yeah. as if it has some sort of standing in history. Exactly. As if it's been, like, referenced by Plato. Ooh. <laughs> What's it maybe referring to as a seizure of private property? and the dictating of individual behavior for it to be used by the state in the long run. And what that means for those non-political heads out there is that the state can come to your house and say, hey, yo, we might need that shovel soon. Yeah. And because it's for the benefit of the state and you live here, thanks. Gotta go. Next comment comes from Kane. I read an article in a free Fishing and Outdoors newspaper yesterday that suggested we should be collecting and securely storing these weapons in case World War IV comes around. I think this is enough about the mentality of some of these guys to press on with this. So I'm unsure if Kane is claiming that the government are taking this strategy from the Fish Clean Outdoors newspaper, <laughs> which is, hey, free by the way. Hey, all right, okay. So we should then store our weapons in case World War Four comes around. Or if they're responding to gun owners who are saying that they're not giving in their guns, assuming that they're storing them for World War Four. Like, I'm not really sure what slant Kane has on this. I mean, I really hope this is satire, but before I even get into that claim about World War Four, what, like, a free fishing and outdoors magazine, like, wait, newspaper even, we looked that up, you know it's New Zealand's independent magazine for fishing and outdoors? I didn't, hey look, maybe this is a community that I, that I need to learn more about, I didn't think we needed an independent voice from the fishing and outdoors community. I love fishing. That I was so oppressed from the scourge I lo- of government, like, I, I didn't. <laughs> I we don't need, know. We need an independent voice, Tabby. I, look. That's what I'm talking about. Also, weird claim that, you know, we haven't had World War Three yet. Yeah, maybe we should have that first. I mean, not really, but you'd think that it would make sense to maybe prep for World War Four after we achieve World War Three. That would but make, hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey, look. Hey, look, it's good to be prepared. Exactly. Next comment comes from Sean. Just don't hand your guns over. The government only have power because you give them the power. There's more of us than there are of them. If everyone came together and stood as one... They wouldn't stand a chance. The same people who make these laws are no smarter than you. Basically, if you hand your gun over, you are giving them the power. Think about it. Uh, this, this reads straight out of a revolutionary playbook. Yeah. This is, sadly, actually how a portion of the public are feeling. So I don't know if we can even laugh at like the absurdity of this comment. Albeit, Sean is speaking pretty much fact until they say that the people who make these laws are no smarter than you. Which we can somewhat agree with, but I mean, come on. They're definitely in some aspects the best to make laws for us since they've dedicated years of their life to understanding it. Now, of course, we live in a society which has a lot of issues, so we understand that there should be maybe other people as well involved in the process, but in some cases... Like this one? (laughs) Like this one. They are better placed to make the laws in this case. Now... We love the New Zealand perspective. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's behind the entire podcast. But let's look at the global takes on this issue. Kia ora unpack whanau. This is Mara. I'm based in Te Whanganui Atara, Wellington, Aotearoa, New Zealand. I became a patron of Unpack because I'm super interested in issues surrounding social change, transformative movements, current affairs, politics. And the Unpack team do 
those issues justice and I say that with my whole heart they they do those issues justice and with empathy and consideration and compassion and I love that and I appreciate that and they're one of my go-tos for understandings about certain situations and I remain a patron and would encourage all of you folks to become patrons because it's honestly an honor to be supporting those who are challenging norms and setting a tone and leveling up and encouraging the rest of us to level up with them and it's just ace to be part of um and i admire the heck out of the whole team um enjoy the show now this article was referenced as part of a newsroom article which is titled NZ Gun Buyback Targeted by US Fake News. So, so this was actually posted in a GunsAmerica.com forum taken from stuff. Headline states, New Zealand compliance rate for gun buyback program stands at less than 1%. Tagline, the gun buyback program in New Zealand is not progressing as officials had hoped. After the country's parliament banned most semi-automatic weapons in the wake of a deadly massacre, less than 1% of the now prohibited firearms have been turned in. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you read that as well, and I'm, I, I understand that this is, yeah, quote-unquote fake news. Less than 1%? Yeah, I don't know about that one, boss. That man. is, where did you get that stat? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what? Well, give me a second. First comment comes from DIY in STL. I'm not wasting any time on fact-checking. I just... (laughs) You know what? I actually appreciate it. Because so many people come into the comments acting like what they're saying is facts. Then we have to go research that and back it up. We know this person just speaking off the rip. Thank you so much for not wasting our time. Shout out to DIY and STL. Honestly. I appreciate that. I'm not wasting any time on fact-checking. But the mass shooting that spawned the Australian confiscation is the only one I've heard of up to then. Kudos to the Kiwis resisting their PM's opportunistic tyranny. No wonder that Justice Ruth B. Ginsburg told Egypt that a parliamentary system of government is better than our constitutional republic. Now out the gate, you can tell we're in a different comment section. Oh yeah. I mean, first off the, I'm not wasting any time (laughs) in fact checking. Brilliant. But... DIY and SDL is somewhat correct though, and we are about to go into history as we are unpack. So as we previously talked about, the aspect relating to Australia is correct. However, how ironic that New Zealand is the country they missed out on due to the massacre mentioned previously. Right, the Arunawana shooting. And yeah. Two things. DIY and SDL brings up Ruth B. Ginsburg, which is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and totally taking them out of context. Yeah. In 2012, she told Egypt, who were in the process of drafting a new constitution, to not look at the United States Constitution for inspiration. Now, you can imagine how that was taken out of context. Oh, yeah. People would have had their field day. She went on to explain it was because the constitution was written in 1787 and would literally be of no use to anybody writing one for 2012. Yeah. That's about, what, 200 and something years difference? It's ridiculous. However... What they are referencing here, which I don't know if they know, that in Section 9 of the U.S. Constitution, federal and state governments are prohibited from passing ex post facto laws. You're going to need to break that down. What that means is that newly passed laws don't make previous offenses illegal. 
Ah, just I see. because I passed this law saying, "Hey, jaywalking's illegal," because you jaywalked last week, I just looked the other way. I see you. Okay. Next comment comes from Pearlcat. Way to go, NZ. Your pandering has turned a large number of legal gun owners into criminals and shifted a large quantity of guns into being illegal items that can only be transferred illegally on the black market. Instead of reducing crime, you increased it exponentially. So this is a common misconception here. As we just spoke about in the previous comment, Mm -hmm. it didn't make any of these gun owners a criminal. There's no reason that they should have felt like they'd done something wrong. Like I imagine if after this law was enacted, if someone went in and was like, hey, here's my gun, they're not going to be like, hey, you're going to go to prison, you're going to go to jail, you're a criminal. That's That's not the case. Absolutely not. And it was one of those things in the gun buyback that people were like, okay, look, thank you for coming in. Yeah. Thank you for giving us the gun. But you know what? We know how that goes. Whether or not you did something wrong isn't the point if you're being punished for it. Procap brings up a really valid point here, and we can look at the war on drugs as a case of precedent. If you make something illegal, you do technically make its market more dangerous, discreet, and volatile. Mm. And it's wild to think that this is what Americans are thinking of our decisions. And I think it, it also just brings up another point that we've probably talked about before, but like mm. crimes, criminals... It's a social construct. Oh, yeah. Governments are making laws, changing laws every single day. They're not guided by anything except from their own form of moral compass. Yeah, you're right. And I think it's so wild that we come on this episode and say it, but like, just because the fact that these people owned the guns does not make them any less of a citizen or more of a citizen. 100%. It is literally just an attribute. Next comment comes from John, and this is a big one, so strap in. It's interesting that the gun-grabbing Prime Minister of New Zealand is a female who also had a child out of wedlock. It is also a given that most AR-15 owners in New Zealand are male. So is she a misandrist. Let's stop right uh, there, Tabby. Let's stop right there. A misandrist is a woman who has a dislike or ingrained prejudice against men, the opposite of a misogynist. And, and okay. for the rest of that opening line, the gun-grabbing prime minister is a female who had a child that... I'm out of words, bro. We gain insight that the gender and family structure of our prime minister matters to these people. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. Continue. Sorry. Oh, good. Look, you got to get some off your chest. This is the place to do it. Okay. In any case, the government of NZ has now crossed the line into tyranny, and we gun-owning and law-abiding citizens of New Zealand have a moral duty to resist this act of state injustice, and with acts of uncivil disobedience, if necessary. Oh, here we go. Oh, my God. John's a New Zealander, or posing as a New Zealander online, and we see this so often on, like, message boards and Facebook, where people make a profile and they just, like, talk like they're someone else. Like, how do we even trust this? And John also tells gun-owning citizens that they have a moral duty to resist and react with uncivil disobedience? I'm sorry, bro. Finish the comment. All right, I'm, yeah, I've got, no, 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 I've got a couple more sentences. Oh, Just give me, give, me, give me some time. I'm willing to lay down my life for my liberty. Are you folks in law enforcement prepared to lay down your lives for a paycheck? We'll see. Okay. So I think this is the first death threat mm-hmm. we have actually read out on air. And not going to lie, it was kind of weird to read it out. That's pretty, uh, pretty unnerving. You're right. It's pretty unnerving to see, but we must come to terms with the fact that this is how some people are feeling through this. Now, this could be a US citizen or a New Zealand citizen. Look, we don't know. But these are things posted in places that don't often moderate comments. So they could have honestly been wilder. You're right. You're absolutely right. We're on a Guns America message forum. 
And we would never see this comment allowed on like News Hub or New Zealand Herald. I mean, we know that they're, you know, restricting comments and for the most controversial topics, we can even see that they just remove comments altogether. But that doesn't mean that this train of thought does not exist. Something that always exists in the back of my mind when we unpack comments is that this is what people have felt comfortable to say in a public forum. Yeah. Yeah. I'm scared to think of what they'd be saying privately. I mean, I'm scared to go on. Next comment comes from Martin. Comment from New Zealand here. I was in hospital with a serious injury when all this garbage happened, and I'm still in recovery. All I saw was a feel-good moment in which the politicians tried to outdo each other in their concern for the Muslim victims with absolutely no regard for their own history, nor the culture of New Zealand itself, nor the lifelong recreational activities of a significant minority. Focusing on feelings and not natural justice is actually a satanic practice and definitely not biblical. The whole New Age garbage is spiritualistic, poisoning for the soul. I'll wait until the grown-ups take charge again and revisit our gun laws. Idiot children should not be put in charge of a whole country. Whoa. Way to sign off a comment. (laughs) Wow. So, Martin is clearly dissatisfied with the gun laws. And this, obviously, isn't the first time we've read a critique of how politicians reacted to a tragedy. Yep. Or tried to outdo concerns for the victims. Look, this is a reality. Politicians need votes from the community. So regardless of how they feel personally, they are required to, or at least it is in their best interest, to move in the direction of public opinion. Now, this was a terrorist attack. And I don't think that a little focus on feelings hurt anyone because feelings lead to safety. I mean, trying to define what safety means is quite difficult because it is just a feeling, you know? But it does ultimately lead to comfort, which is important. And let's let's pause for a moment. You know how I know that this is slightly fabricated? How? Because people who feign ignorance or apologize at the top of a comment never act in a similar way. Yeah, you're way. right. You're right. You're I wouldn't right. trust this comment if it birthed me, bro. <laughs> I was in hospital and only saw the, okay, so why do you even I, feel the need to qualify? Like, wh- yeah. why are you even here? I was in hospital. Shut Maybe up. Maybe they're trying to get sympathy points. I don't know. Oh, or empathy bro. points. Come on. If I turned up 40 minutes late to a rugby game and then like just started shouting like everybody on the team is playing satanically, I think the people who arrived early got some case to look at me with evil eyes. I mean, imagine coming into this season and listening to this episode first and being like, this podcast is trash. Now you're right. And you also had to go satanically and then say evil eyes. I see you, boss. Yeah, yeah, you I know. see you, bro. I see a little you. poetic something. I see you. The last article comes from NewsHub. Published May 2022. Headline states, World media reacts to Ardern's US trip. Colbert gun control comments. Tagline states, Here's what people are saying. First comment comes from Aaron. Don't you realise we watch American TV? With more gun crimes than ever before, her buyback was a complete failure. Just cost New Zealand millions. Now... That's the numbers time. So uh-huh. let me go off. I got it. So for some context of New Zealand spending, mm-hmm. the government committed money to the rebuild of Christchurch. And at that time, that was $16.5 billion. Now, the cost of the recovery project for the Pike River mine disaster was quoted at $35 million, but could ultimately rise to $50 million. million. Okay, gotcha. The cost of the gun buyback? $6.2 million. Oh, my Lord. So, so $16.5 billion for Christchurch. Yeah. Thirty-five million for Pike River. Yeah, and the buyback is six point two million. Yeah, which hey, look to Aaron's credit, it did cost millions. It did. Okay, <laughs> it, it did cost millions. However, 
the comment really isn't valid or fair. No. But let's look at the claim that Aaron makes on gun crimes never before. It's true. Mm. We've hit record high numbers in firearm-related offenses in the last two years. 2021 giving us our highest ever with 1,324 firearms-related offenses. And this information is from an OIA, from the police. So we can't even say it's sugar-coated or watered down. And I guess my question is, so if there were more people with guns, you think that number would be lower or mm. higher? Ooh, now that's a good question. I don't want you to hit me with this good guy with a gun narrative. We're not, we're not doing that. Next comment comes from Nick. When it comes to mass shooting with mass victims, it's not the gangs or long-term criminals pulling the trigger. It's people that are mentally disturbed or take the right-wing agenda to the extreme. Not saying that we need to do more to get rid of gangs, but they aren't the cause of this tragic issue. Look, we're not going to trawl through every single gun offense publicly listed and find out the perpetrator. Like, we've seen it in comments where gun owners are getting angrier and angrier at being singled out because of this. 100%. And look, Nick comes in with a comment in the middle of the road speaking facts, which isn't always the most popular at parties, but it is necessary to be said. Gangs aren't the reason for the crackdown at all, but... Since the buyback, we have seen in the media more firearm incidents that do involve gangs, from what we are told. Next comment comes from Tanya. Man, a lot of deadbeat, pessimistic, killjoy, no-hopers running down our Prime Minister. Ah well, you're still here to moan about everything. Something you can thank her for. Tanya got like that little like backhanded clapback. Mentioning the fact... You can even express your frustration at her is something that you can actually thank her for. Free speech and freedom to publicly criticize is a right of democracy. That's true. That's true. And also shout out to Tanya, one of the first positive comments today, just calling out the wide ranging pessimism. Absolutely. Next comment comes from Janet. If they only knew how much she's hated here in New Zealand. Now, Janet, every politician is hated in some aspect whether it be by landlords, gun owners, students, there's gonna be dislike somewhere. But Janet really does piece together a lot of like what these comments have shown, right? Like this wasn't a perfect event or scheme for New Zealand. We could tell by the comments here and overseas, the stats on gun crimes too. I know that online we are often seen as like nipping the problem in the bud and being the golden star of this, but we're not. And that sucks to say, we've seen the divide We've seen the firearm offences numbers post the buyback. Now, just because the firearm offences numbers are up doesn't mean the gun buyback failed. Mm. Gun crimes could be up for a number of reasons, and I don't think it's fair to say that just because those numbers are up that the scheme failed. I think this is something we're going to disagree on. But I hope we can agree to the fact that globally, we are seen as a shining light. And after doing this episode, I I really got to consider why. Fucking floor is somebody. You have one new voicemail message. Message received 19th of July at 11.10am. Ahoy Unpack. Looking forward to the new season. Um, and you have been missing my calls, Tabby, so not sure what that's about. But I was just ringing to say that 
I think New Zealanders can both be ashamed and proud of